Good evening. This is Michigan Radio. No, it's not. Hold on. Good evening. This is Confused. I am Confused Mia. Hi. This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Way to make a smooth opening to my show. Thank you for joining in and wishing you a happy Dia de los Muertos today, November 1st, the, the Day of the Dead. It's a holiday celebrated throughout Mexico and around the world in other cultures where family and friends gather to pray for and remember friends and family members who have died. In Mexico, it's a national holiday and all banks are closed. And inevitably, food is intertwined in all of these kinds of special events. Food and culture is the subject of Pandora's Lunchbox, and so Dia de los Muertos is our focus today. So the celebration takes place on November 1st in connection with the Catholic holidays of All Saints Day on the 1st and All Souls Day on the 2nd. And the traditions include building private altars called ofrendas, honoring the deceased using things like sugar skulls, marigolds, and the favorite foods and beverages of the departed. People also leave these as gifts on people's graves. And scholars trace the origins of the modern Mexican holiday to indigenous observances dating back hundreds of years, and to an Aztec festival dedicated to the goddess Mikte Casihuatl. The holiday has spread throughout the world, in Brazil, in Spain, in many African and Asian countries, there are similarly themed celebrations. And I recently spoke to my friend Sarah Alvarez, who lives here in Ann Arbor. She's lived in El Paso and San Antonio, and her extended family is still in San Antonio. And we talked about Dia de los Muertos in her family. We, my family uses it as a way to honor the people in our lives that have passed away. And unfortunately, we've had a lot of people in, who have passed away in our family. So I think it's a very special way to remember them, you know, and, and set, side a, set time apart to remember them. And it's not a sad moment. You know, it's not a sad time. I mean, it's sad when you look at the altar and you say, whoa, like, look at all those people who who we miss. But at the same time, it's a, it's a celebratory um, holiday. And, and I have kids and I think for them, it's a really helpful way to understand death. And what is on the altar? Do you have more than one altar or one large altar? We only have one. And because I have kids, it's kind of small because it has to be in a place where, you know, they can't like pull things off of it and injure themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, we have... Um, a special table that, you know, I just pull out once a year for it. And it, it, the, the table looks like papel picado that, you know, the, um, Mexican crepe paper flags that you often see, you know, hung across, um, a ceiling or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's what the table looks like. I put, um, you know, a Mexican cloth over that. And then we have pictures on it, um, of the people who have passed or mementos. I have a lot, a lot of religious, um, <laughs> religious, like iconography, you know, a lot of Vergens de Guadalupe. My husband's Jewish. So we have like, we also have a lot of Jewish stuff on our, mm. on our altar. We put food up there, mostly sweets, always a pack of camels for my abuelita and a lot of alcohol. Like that's usually what's on it. So uh, what do your what do the kids think of it? I think that they um, my the only one there's only one of them who's old enough to really like get it, and it, and it, she likes it. It's it's important to to her. For example, my parents' dog passed away a few weeks ago, and that was devastating for her. Mm. But she is able to put you know Izzy on the altar this year and leave some dog treats for her, and it's sad for her, but it's 
nice because it's like a way for her to help process that, you know, and to feel mm-hmm. like we're doing something, you know, to honor her. Now, how did this manifest itself in your life when you were growing up? That's a totally interesting question because it was not at all. Like when I was growing up, my dad did not, we didn't do an altar. And so my dad is Mexican. He's first generation. My mom is not Mexican. It's not something we did when I was growing up. But as I got older, um, and I don't know that, I don't think his family really did it when he was growing up. He says it was not that big of a deal in Mexico. And then it started to get to be a bigger deal. um, And especially here. So all my family kind of started doing it at the same time. You know, like my aunt started doing it. And particularly when my grandma passed away, um, then the altars like came out for real. So that was around the same time that I started doing it. And now it's like a huge deal for us. And, you know, my dad asks me about my altar now, you know, even mm-hmm. though it's not something we did when I was growing up. Another thing that I've read about, well, one of the things when you look at some of the Day of the Dead imagery and anybody can just look on the web to see if they've never seen him before. But if you see them on an altar, it was described in one book as vivacious death imagery. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and uh, it's you don't usually hear those two words in the same sentence together. <laughs> no, I do think there's like a lot about it that kind of like, and that's why it's, you know, it's weird to say like the day of the dead is good for kids. But in a way it is because it's like, it does make it a lot less scary. You know, it's not like zombies and it's not so somber and like sad, you know, like it is really celebratory. There's all these like skeletons, like dancing and eating mm-hmm. and drinking and partying. And so it gives you a, like this sense of like, well, maybe, you know, it's not so bad, you know, and, and I think it like helps us keep um, the memory of someone alive in a way that's like a little bit more close to what they were like in life, you know, like the fun parts of them, too. Do you engage in any uh, public celebrations or public community events around the Day of the Dead? We we have. We definitely have in the past. Um And, you know, I want to keep doing it in the future. One thing, like, I totally want to do when the kids are bigger is really, like, make a big feast, you know, really do a lot of cooking of like the pe- of people's favorite dishes and then be able to put some of those on the altar. I think when, you know, we can have we would have like a party when they get older. Um because it is something that's special and I have had friends of mine who, you know, are not Mexican be like, that's such a good idea. I feel so weird about like doing that though, <laughs> you know, but it is something that's like it does it is a nice tradition and I think people who don't have that kind of thing um, Um, can kind of feel like, oh, well, you know, I wish we could do that too. And I have friends who are not Mexican who do altars, and I don't feel like that's, you know, weird or that they're co-opting my culture. I think it's a a nice thing to do. And what do you think, maybe you've already said, but is the most important thing about it to you, or what's the most special to you about it? I think the most important thing is just setting that si- that time aside and it's not like on the anniversary of a death. You know, it's just a it's just a day where you honor everyone. Um and you really look back and like at the people that you've lost or at the memories or you know what what is going on in your life that 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 person would would want to know about and you know how what did that person mean to you? It is it is a very reflective time, but it is also a time to be happy about the people who you had in your life who you don't have anymore. Anything else uh, you'd like to add? 
Um, I found these awesome sugar skull marshmallow candy things. They're so cool. And I found them of all places at Nicola's Books. So I'd like to give a shout out to Nicola's for having those (laughs) because I did not know where I was going to find sugar skulls this year because I didn't have time to go to Detroit. Sugar skull marshmallow treats. Yeah, they're really beautiful. Like they're awesome. And I'm totally just letting them dry out and I'm going to use them every year. And keep, so you're going to keep them. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have like a box that I just like bring out, like the altar box that, you know, things go up. Great. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. And hope it's a great day for you and your family. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah Alvarez. I was just talking to her earlier today about Dia de los Muertos. This is the traditional Day of the Dead, November 1st. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And we're going to hear some music of the Day of the Dead in just a moment here. Um, Now, there's a collection called Dancing with the Dead on Ellipsis Arts Records, a combination CD and lovely booklet with some lovely images. And I'm going to read part of that right now for you. In Mexico, there's an extraordinary burst of creativity and color for this celebration, which centers around the dead who will be returning for just a few hours. In that time, they were joyously received and fed their favorite foods. The spirits of infants and children are said to return first, then the spirits of adults. The streets are full of death communities and comestibles. There are sugar skulls and sculptures of skeletons caught in the midst of all of life's activities. Sitting, sitting on the toilet, walking a skeletal dog, reading newspapers, and getting married. The songs sung at these celebrations are not slow or somber, and El Chorar from the province of Huasteca is one of the most popular. We're going to hear that song. We heard a little bit of it at the beginning of the show. We're going to hear the whole piece of music now by Los Camperos de Valles. This is El Chorar, and you're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
such a beautiful traditional Dia de los Muertos song. That's El Chorar, The Weeping, by Los Camperos de Valles. And that is from a collection called Dancing with the Dead on the Ellipsis Arts label. Today is Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. And we're celebrating and appreciating that here today on Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food and culture. And as I've been mentioning, food really intertwines itself into culture and cultural celebrations and observances. And the pan de muertos, Spanish for bread of the dead, is part of this. It's a type of sweet roll traditionally baked in Mexico during the weeks leading up to Dia de los Muertos. It's a sweetened, soft bread shaped like a bun, and it's often decorated with bone-like pieces. The bones represent the person who was lost... And there's normally a baked teardrop on the bread to represent sorrow. The bones are represented in a circle to portray the circle of life. Loved ones eat pan de muertos as well as the relative's favorite foods. The classic recipe for pan de muertos is a simple sweet bread, often with the addition of anise seeds and other types flavored with orange flower water. Our other variations are made depending on the region of the baker. And the one baking the bread will usually wear decorated wristbands, a tradition which was originally to protect from burns on the stove or the oven while making the bread. So that sounds sounds quite appealing right now in many ways. It's quarter to seven, and you're listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. Coming up at seven, Arwolf will help us to face the music. We're going to listen to a non-traditional song that I think is appropriate for De, uh, De Los Muertos from the wonderful eccentric Robin Hitchcock English fellow, and then I'm going to mention something Day of the Dead related happening in England this weekend, if you happen to be flying out there. This is perhaps an odd song, but also oddly touching as well. This is Robin Hitchcock and My Wife and My Dead Wife. My wife lies down in a chair and peels the pen. I know she's there. I'm making coffee for But I come back in with coffee for three Coffee for three My dead wife sits in a chair Combing her hair I know she's there She wanders off to the bed Shaking her head Problem she said You know
understands Now my wife can't swim But neither could she possibly could only be, I can't even say it, but it could only possibly be is what I'm saying. Robin Hitchcock, my wife and my dead wife from the album Fegmania, were celebrating and commemorating Dia de los Muertos, remembering those who have gone and learning about this special, special event. Now, he's from England, also in England this weekend. If you're going to Birmingham, England, the Day of the Dead Lost Birds Reception is coming up. Their Facebook page says, This is the time of year when we remember those we have lost. Please visit the remarkable Ghosts of Gone Birds exhibition at Brighton's new ONCA gallery to pay your respects to the ghost birds and join in with a Lost Birds family procession to the seafront this Sunday. Make marzipan offerings to the deceased and lay flowers by their portraits. Make a simple, colorful ghost bird from withy and paper and carry it to the seafront in a procession with music and Day of the Dead face paint. By the sea, we will gather at a shrine to Monacus Tropicalis, the extinct Hawaiian monk seal, and bid farewell to the spirits of lost birds, mammals, and fish alike. Bird making, face painting, and shrine decorations start at 2 p.m. at the gallery, but the procession to the seafront leaves the gallery at 3.30 p.m., Withy, by the way, is a strong, flexible willow stem that's typically used in thatching and for gardening. So that's the Day of the Dead Lost Birds Reception in Birmingham, England, at the new ONCA Gallery. Did I say Birmingham? I'm sorry. That should be Brighton, England. That is at Brighton's new ONCA Gallery. hope that doesn't change your plans. But where can you see Day of the Dead items and observances in southeast Michigan? Well... At the Peaceable Kingdom in Ann Arbor, in downtown Ann Arbor, it's closed tonight, but it's open the next few days. Typical hours at 210 South Main Street. The Peaceable Kingdom has Day of the Dead items in their windows and some for sale as well. So they're open from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. tomorrow and Saturday. I believe they have Sunday hours as well, but definitely tomorrow and Saturday. Now, in Detroit's Mexican Town neighborhood, Sochi's Gift Shop, that's X-O-C-H-I, has four ofrendas, or Day of the Dead altars, on display throughout the weekend, right there in the store with the other merchandise, four ofrendas. It's also a place to buy Dia de los Muertos merchandise. That's at 
on Bagley Street in Detroit. It's 3437 Bagley Street in Detroit's Mexican Town neighborhood. And they are open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I neglected to mention, to, to check on the hours, but again, that's XOCHI Gift Shop in Mexican Town in Detroit. I also remember seeing little sugar skulls for sale at a bakery nearby in previous years. Now, I looked at the examiner.com to find out some other things going on in southeast Michigan. The city of Saginaw had a Dia de Muertos brunch last Sunday. That brunch is in its fifth year. Starting up today, though, at the Science and Culture Museum of Michigan State University is a special exhibit today through November 11th with an ofrenda, or Day of the Dead altar, dedicated to famous Latina cinema actresses, such as the late Lupe Velez, Dolores de Rio, and Rita Hayworth, whose real name was Margarita Carmen Cancino. You can find out about that museum at museum.msu.edu. That's the Science and Culture Museum at Michigan State University. And in Royal Oak, San Miguel de Allende Imports has set up a traditional offer, altar, that is, or ofrende. And so much to learn, so much to explore. And we've done quite a lot of exploring, haven't we, on Pandora's Lunchbox. Thank you so much for joining us. Arwolf will help us to face the music in just a few moments. And uh, maybe you can go to some of these places and find some of those experiences yourself. The Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. And please enjoy your evening, enjoy your family, and enjoy those of us who are no longer with us. Now, we're going to play a tune here to march things out here because we started out with um, all... Let me make sure I get this correct now. All Saints Day is November 1st today. All Souls Day is tomorrow. When the saints come marching in, well, I want to be in that number. But in the meantime, Arwolf has suggested to me a tune by Mr. Alvin Batiste from his album Late, which is perhaps appropriate. But the song is a version of When the Saints Go Marching In called When the Saints. We're going to go out with that now from Alvin Batiste's album Late. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you for listening. Don't stop doing that, whatever it is you do.
That's Alvin Batiste with his beautifully reconfigured version of When the Saints Go Marching and from his album Late on Columbia Records. Thank you, Mike Perini, for the collaboration. It's always good to collaborate with you, sir. Always good to come on after Mike. At 7 o'clock Thursday evening on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. 88.3 megahertz. We are the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement broadcasting from the University of Michigan. Student-run experimental radio with lots of community involvement. Tonight's Face the Music inspired by, well, exactly what Mike was up to. You know, Mike had a a special theme tonight as it's the Day of the Dead or All Saints Day, depending on which angle you want to look at it from. I'm thinking about um, ancestors. This is ancestor reverence time for sure. I'm also thinking about reality. I'm thinking about the reality, the harsh reality that's facing people all over the world. Um, right here on, in North America, the harsh realities of the, uh, what the weather has done to the people on the eastern coast of North America. And also the, uh, the stress that a lot of us are feeling just uh, trying to get by and the stress that many of us are feeling as the elections approach. Here's Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. 